Welcome to the Fabulous Broads podcast. Grab yourself a drink and join the conversation about life after 50. My name is Maria Menendez, and whether I'm solo or chatting with a guest, I'll be bringing you weekly stories of exploring and defining midlife, one day at a time. Welcome, welcome to my good friend Shannon Green. Shannon and I met in a Facebook group and became friends in real life when we realized we lived really close to each other here in Northern California. And I wanted Shannon to be my first interview guest because she has grown boys, a retired husband, a side hustle, and a newfound mission during our shelter-in-place lockdown. She is one busy lady. Shannon! Hi! I'm so happy you could join me! Oh, I'm honored to be uh, the very first of what I'm sure will be many other fabulous broads, and especially to be hosted by the original fabulous broad, Maria (laughs) Menettis. Well, thank you. I am so glad to have you today. Um, Shannon and I actually had a little uh, lunch break, a shelter-in-place lunch break, socially distanced, having sandwiches in my backyard, and I asked her to be my guest. Um, Shannon, I, of course, know you, but let's start with a few questions to break the ice and um, have our listeners get to know you better. First of all, as you know, Fabulous Broads has a martini in the logo, and I do like a nice, dirty martini with olives, mainly because I like snacks. But what is your favorite cocktail, Shannon? Well, um, I think it's actually a tie. Um, I love I love me a good margarita, and I love sangria. Um, and I was thinking a little bit more about this, and I realized that I developed my love for both of those drinks from my dad as a kid, because um, we used to, my parents built a vacation home in Baja when back in 1963. They've both since passed, and my sister and I own the place now, so but there's a tradition that every day at the beach house, about four o'clock, you come in, you're, you get cleaned up from being on the beach all day, and the, 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 blender gets, the blender gets mixed up, you know, and we start mixing margaritas. And then at the moment that the sun is about to cross the horizon, everybody takes their margarita out on the deck and just kind of sits and observes as the sun crosses the horizon. My dad used to make them with lime sherbet, and he called them green knees. Well, we thought that was great because it was like, slushy for us, but I think he made ours without alcohol. He also used to make big, big pictures of, of yummy sangria when we had, when they had parties when we were little kids. So I, I think that was sort of cocktail by osmosis. Um, but anyway, I make uh, my margaritas now, I make a version called a peligrosa, which in Spanish means dangerous. Um, it's really just a twist on a Cadillac margarita. And what makes it different is it gets a little extra half shot of tequila and then it gets a little kind of a floater of Grand Meunier. So, um, yeah, these things are pretty tasty. They go down very quickly, and they can be very dangerous. They sneak up on you. I'm going to come to your house very soon, Shannon, for one of those, because they sound amazing. Isn't it funny how our childhood memories have such vivid recollections of things that may seem inconsequential, but all of a sudden, you know, these are the memories that come back to us? Oh, it, yeah, it's, it's just incredible. And, and I find myself, when I make up a pitcher of margarita, or sorry, of sangria, rather, I just sort of, by instinct, look, for, I want, my dad used to always slice up fresh pineapple, like in spears, and he'd throw some strawberries in, and he'd throw some, you know, orange chunks. And I find myself just going for all of those things, because it, it works, it's delicious. But yeah, the, your childhood 
childhood influences can can be very strong. That's for sure. I agree. And you know what? If you wouldn't mind sharing one of those recipes with us, I send out a newsletter every week to my subscribers, and um, it has a link to the current episode, and it also has a cocktail recipe. So if we could have one of one of the two recipes, that would be great. I'll leave it to you to figure out which one uh, you want to share with us. I'd be happy to. In fact, I think I'll share the um, the sangria recipe because uh, it's actually what I use is a Bobby Flay red sangria recipe as my base. And I usually pull that one up just to get my proportions right, just to remember sort of how much wine to to fruit juice. But then I sort of freestyle it after that. And then I just, you know, mix it to taste, but I'd be happy to share that with our listeners. I'm so excited. All right. Now I've got another question. You know, okay. I'm not a huge TV watcher, but sheltering in place now, I've been watching way more TV and I've friends have turned me on to Acorn TV and all sorts of fun British shows. Um, tell me what it is that you've been binge watching that, you know, maybe some of the listeners haven't found yet or discovered. I'd love to know what you've been up to. Well, um, it's not so much what I've been up to because I kind of feel like, like I've exhausted some of my options, although, uh -oh. <laughs> I, but I, I do have some recommendations, but recently I discovered, um, and I think a friend, a mutual friend of ours recommended um, on Netflix called Unorthodox, and it's, it's a short kind of a mini series. I think it's four or five, maybe six episodes, and it, it's set in, in current time, and it follows... Um, a young Orthodox Jewish woman from Brooklyn uh, through her very traditional marriage. And um, she sort of, let's put it this way, she kind of rebels against, she, she doesn't sort of just, just toe the line. But um, first of all, the young woman who played the lead was a fantastic actress. Um, it was also partially shot in Berlin and I've never been there and it was, so it was cool. They actually shot it on site. So that was kind of cool to see those locations. And um, it was a, it, it's a, a part of, it's a culture with which I had very, I had a little bit, but very little um, exposure. And these, the, the, the group that, that this woman is a part of is, is like ultra orthodox. And so it was kind of fascinating from a sociological standpoint to, to learn more about this culture. And, and, um, and I know that the, the production crew was very sensitive to capturing this and reflecting it accurately down to the costumes. So that was fun. Um, but in terms of just general binge watching, I, I have binge watch all of these, but in the past, but I can heartily recommend, <clears throat> excuse me. I love um, Line of Duty. It's a, it's, it's a British police procedural. <clears throat> there are currently five seasons out. It was out on Netflix. I think they had some sort of a distribution dispute. So I'm not sure where you can find it now. Um, but it follows an anti-crime division within the, uh, the Metropolitan Police Force in, in the north of England. Um, there's lots of intrigue, and it's, it's absolutely fascinating. And then um, another one that I love that I literally did binge was Orange is the New Black. It's been several months, but I busted through that very quickly. And again, fascinating from a um, sociological standpoint, and it takes place in a um, women's prison. And uh, if, if it even halfway accurately reflects reality, you don't ever want to be incarcerated. I'm planning never to be, Shannon. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks for all those tips. You know, my husband has watched Orthodox, or if that was the name of it. Unorthodox. And, 
Yeah. And um, I didn't watch it. I was kind of in and out of the room working on the podcast. And so that may be something I'll just kind of watch over here in my little office. But um, I, I love crime and crime procedural series. So those are definitely going to be on my list. Um, all right. Let's get into the meat of the interview, Shannon, because you have so much of midlife all just crammed into, you know, your life is just the quintessential midlife story. You've got adult kids that are grown and flown, um, a retired husband, a huge social network, virtual and in person. Um, how are you dealing with all these different pieces of your life during the shelter in place? Well, when you lay it out like that, it sounds pretty overwhelming, Maria. Um, <laughs> no. <laughs> if and, I deal with it, it's you, my friend. Well, thank you. But if I'm, you know, if I'm being 100% honest, it's, it's hard. And, and life with a capital L is, is overwhelming with a capital O right now. There's just, for me at least, there's so much uncertainty and um, sort of, yeah, so just a lot of uncertainty right now that, that it can be a little overwhelming. But um, as far as my kids are concerned, they are, how old are they? 22 and 24. Um, one lives up in the wine country. One lives in Idaho. They're both adults. Um, they check in periodically, which is great because I, you know, I, I miss them. Um, and, you know, we try, I try to continue to impart a message about, um, you know, being safe in this time. Um, although my message is shifting a little bit now from them to, because I'm trusting, well, let's put it this way. I know that I can, I have a very amount, a limited amount of control over how they're going to conduct their daily lives. So I have to just trust that they're going to make good decisions and try to be safe. But I'm shifting my messaging to making sure that they vote in November. I think that's very important. And we'll just leave that one there. Um, so, so there's that. Um, unfortunately, they're both unemployed right now. One works in the hospitality industry and left his job just before the shutdown. And um, there's just not much, partially because it, it, it hasn't reopened, that industry hasn't reopened fully. Um, another part of that is that, um, that it, it's not clear how, at what capacity they'll be able to reopen, um, especially here in Northern California and in our county in particular, there seem to be some mixed messaging be between which orders take take um, precedence, whether they're the state orders or the local orders. And so restaurants are opening and then they're closing and then the bars are open and the bars are closed. So he's, he's struggling. But then my son in Idaho, um, it's a smaller job market to begin with. And I think there are more people looking for a smaller number of jobs right now. So it's kind of a double whammy. Um, so my husband and I are resigned to the fact that they'll be on our payroll, I think for the foreseeable future, as much as we'd like it to be otherwise. But that's that's the way it is um so that so that's that yeah um the uh, retirement part my husband retired in uh last august after 30 plus years in the tech industry in the on the finance side um we uh we we were able to, he he was able to kind of get a nice separation package as as out of the last job they they sold the company and so uh, that was really nice. He, we were able to get a little bit of a retirement nest egg going there, which sadly has taken a bit of a hit recently. But anyway, um, allowed us to do uh, some fun traveling. Some, some we took we took some great trips. We went um, 
what did we do? We did uh, a river cruise um, on the Rhine River, which was fabulous. It was, we were gone about two weeks altogether. We did some um, bookending on both ends in Amsterdam and, um, and, and on the other end of the, sh the trip. So that was great. Uh, we went to Canada. We went to Victoria and Vancouver. Hadn't been either of those places, which are lovely. They um, are. Yeah. Beautiful. Beautiful. I, yeah, they, they warrant a return visit um, for sure. <laughs> and uh, what else did we do? We had two, two weddings that were great, that there were destination weddings. So we got to do lots of fun traveling. Um, and now we're on lockdown. So that, that's, that's tough because I uh, went to Carmel, um, you know, and, and so being housebound and not really having an easy destination to get to right now is, is hard. And I, and honestly, we're being very sort of ultra, ultra vigilant. And we have some friends who are doing like weekend trips up to like Tahoe or other, th other things like that, but, but they have a personal home to go to. And I'm not comfortable at this point renting a, somebody else's house or staying in a hotel. So, so the, the cabin fever is, is definitely a challenge. Yeah, I agree. I mean, we were looking into possibly going away with another family who I know have been in their little personal bubble. They don't go anywhere or, or you know, take any unnecessary risks. But just the thought of having to go somewhere and, and drive a long distance mm -hmm. uh, was a little off-putting for us. But I did want to, I know that you have traveled to some really fun places, but one of my favorite things that you do is your little photo series with your <laughs> husband. So tell us a little bit about Kirk and how you've managed to make him into a little mini celebrity. <laughs> well, it was completely unintentional and it started when we were, um, we were in the Polaris Lounge at, at San Francisco Airport because um, we, we had splurged and bought business class tickets to go on this trip. We were making this kind of a bucket list trip. So we got to go to the, the fancy lounge, the first class lounge at the airport. And so we were sitting there um, drinking mimosas, you know, waiting to board our plane. And, and my husband was sitting there with a mimosa, which he usually doesn't drink, sitting there with his mimosa in one of those kind of egg-shaped chairs, you know, with his feet up on the table. Yet he had his headphones in and he was still doing yet one more deal as we're, you know, within an hour boarding a plane to Amsterdam. And so I took a picture of it and I posted it on my Facebook page saying, um, you know, kind of announcing Kirk is retired, but he's still doing a deal. And so I, I made up a just a little random hashtag Kirk is retired. So as we stopped in each of our, our destinations on the trip there, we, I think we had six or seven um, port stops. And so we stopped, we went to a winery in Alsace and we went to uh, beer tasting in in Germany and, and various other places, um, many of which seemed to revolve around alcohol as it turned out. Oh, and, and so I would, I would take pictures and, and it just sort of took on a life of its own. And I would take the picture du jour was always a picture of Kirk with usually with a large stein of beer in his hand or a wine glass. And I would, you know, the, the comment was, you know, at 7,000 feet in Switzerland, hashtag Kirk is still retired, you know, so then it, it morphed from Kirk is retired to Kirk is still retired. So those, there were daily installments of that. And again, they just, they sort of took on a life of their own. And the irony is my husband's not even on Facebook or Instagram. So, um, but he, he calls it his blog. And so he's gotten to the point where he'll say, well, can, okay, let's take a picture from my blog. <laughs> and so we do. And so um, Marie and I have a mutual friend in one of our Facebook groups who early on said, well, I'm looking forward to um, your Kirkus, uh, pictures of Kirk 
you know, wandering around the world drinking to pictures of Kirk wandering around your house drinking while you're in quarantine. So that actually um, gave me some inspiration. So we've, I've now done little videos of him in his workshop in the garage building things or um, out on the boat at the, at the, at the, up at the Delta, just kind of relaxing with, you know, again, the, the continuing hashtag Kirk is retired or now it's Kirk is still retired, but it's funny. People seem to, people seem to enjoy it. I enjoy it. I was looking forward to all of the pictures of Kirk being retired and what he was drinking, his drink du jour, which I thought was fabulous, but at least he has a wonderful sense of humor about it. And we all enjoy the Kirk pictures. Um, Shannon, one of the um, things that brought us together was your side hustle, which used to be my side hustle as well. And, you know, I like to always have a little side hustle going. I know some people, you know, don't or, or their side hustle is their main hustle, but I always like to have a little, you know, money coming in as a side to keep my habit of my hair and my roots looking good and my nails or maybe some shopping. So tell us a little bit about what you do kind of on the side, one of the, one of the things that you do, because I know there's something else that you have been doing now that um, is amazing. We'll talk about that later, but tell us about your side hustle. Uh, uh, thanks. Um, well, first of all, I have to acknowledge you as the queen of side hustles. You seem to have a, a knack. Your, your, your knack for timing is just impeccable. You, you seem to find, and, and, and I know you spend time looking for these, so, it, so it's partially luck, and I know a lot of it is hard work on your part, but you seem to find these, these un, undiscovered nuggets and jump in and then sort of ride them at the wave and then jump out, and I admire that. You've done an amazing job with that. So there's that. So, well, so my, my side hustle is going on nine years in October. So, um, I am, well, I'm a stylist, but I guess now we're called ambassadors for Stella and Dot, which is a, um, an accessories company, uh, happens to be based here in Northern California. We now have three product lines all under one umbrella. We have a jewelry, jewelry accessories and clothing line. We have another, um, jewelry line that is primarily um what would you call them, like charms and and personalized necklaces and and engravable things sort of uh, personal jewelry and then uh, a skincare line it has a little bit of cosmetic as well so um i've been been hustling i've been slinging the bling for almost nine years and uh um yeah, it's good. That's how Maria and I met. And she was, of course, at a higher level than I was because she was rocking it. And, uh, you know, I, my business model has morphed to primarily, I do a lot of um, vendor events and like holiday boutiques and stuff. And so my Q4 is typically my, my biggest um, income generating part of the year. Sadly, <laughs> already just in the last week, I've received two emails from um, two of the shows that I had had on my calendar saying that they've been canceled for, you know, for, for safety reasons. And I completely understand that. And I'm not sure how, how um, excited I would be to, you know, have my wares out for, for, and see a lot of people and have them present. So it's really not practical right now, but yeah. so, so my side hustle is, is kind of just sputtering along right now. I'm, I'm going to have to think of, in fact, I'm going to, may have to tap into your social media savvy, Maria, and see if we can't sort of rev something up somewhere else well, on what my I think a lot of people who are doing these side hustles right now Shannon are looking primarily to just online mm -hmm. um, business models just like 
the retail stores, I really have no desire to go into a lot of these stores. I order things online. They come to my house and, you know, if I've got like three dresses sitting behind me that I've got to try on and see if I want to keep. I mean, we really have to adjust based on all of these events that are coming at us seemingly nonstop. We're open, we're not open. You know, I mean, luckily the company that you're with has a really robust mm-hmm. social media presence, um, streamlined ordering processing. And, you know, we'll post a little link in the show notes um, with your shopping link because I personally love the quality of the jewelry and everything from Stella and Dot. So we'll definitely help boost up your fourth quarter here, I mean. Well, I appreciate that. Thank you. Uh, and and you're absolutely right. We, we, we have always had a pretty robust um, online marketing model. And ironically, in the um, we rolled out a, a strengthened, it's um, not the right word, but a, even an even bigger online presence and, and back and support. We, we rolled out that new business model in January, just in time for the shutdown. So, so there is some good in that. And, and you're right. You know, you don't have to necessarily see our product in real life. I've had to make that shift in my mind that no, it's just like ordering from, from a Nordstrom or um, Stitch Fix or any place where you, you don't see it first. And sure, you can try it on when you get it. And then if you don't like it, you can send it back. Um, and, and we have further adjusted, the company has further adjusted the business model to really um, support virtual and online um, that, that model. And so we have a lot of, of really good back-end um, marketing tools and images and, and mechanisms so that people can continue to um, maintain their, their businesses. You know, right now, I, I don't do it at a level... Um, I'm not doing it. I'm doing it as a side hustle and I'm using it for shoe money and, and hair money and things like that. But there are women who do it to pay the rent. And um, we have really made it um, pretty accessible and fairly affordable. We have a, a $99 starter kit right now that's a, a gets you all the virtual tools um, and a few, a few physical products. And there you go. It's like business in a box. And, and there you go. Yeah, you know what, it's valuable for someone who has a little more time on their hands Mm -hmm. and has a love for sales and also has a a network, but you don't always need that. One thing I particularly love is I love to give gifts. And for me, the um, packaging that, you know, um, Stella and Dot comes in is lovely. And so you can send a gift to anyone here in the United States. It gets there quickly. So in this time where you may not want to go to the store and buy something, you always know that at least you could send something really cute, a personalized Mm -hmm. item, a cute little pair of earrings Mm -hmm. or a necklace. Just, uh, I mean, I have, you know, family on the East Coast. It's just easy enough to just sign in and just send a beautiful gift package nicely to someone. Um, That's something I really appreciate. Oh, absolutely. And that's always been one of our kind of our value adds is we've always had really good packaging. I wish I had one at my fingertips to show you that we've just even changed. And it's just very simple and cute, but it really is, you know, put a, put a ribbon on it. Or even if it were to just arrive in the mail, it, it feels like a gift. It's not just the brown, you know, kind of Amazon box or something fun inside. And, right. and even if you're not buying a lot of jewelry for yourself right now, because you're wearing your, your yoga pants or your sweats or whatever, 
we do. Like you said, Marie, we have like fun earrings that you can still wear while you have a mask on, or you can send somebody a gift. And people are still having birthdays and graduations and weddings. And, exactly. And, and those events are still happening. We may, be, we may be recognizing them and celebrating them differently, but you may still want to send a gift. Yeah. And, you know, that transitions nicely into um, what you've been doing, which is a mission to spread awareness about the importance of wearing masks. So tell us a little bit about this. This just it kind of exploded for you. And um, you were sweet enough to send bring me two masks the other day. I've got a new um, star mask and a unicorn mask, which I absolutely love. So tell us a little bit about what you've been doing with your sewing machine. And I'm excited for you. <laughs> Thank you. Um, yeah, it, it's it's interesting. I don't Gosh, it feels like forever ago. It's probably been a couple of months. But when when the shutdown first happened and we started hearing more about, um, oh, I know how it started. The, initially, there was such a shortage of PPE for healthcare workers that a call went out, um, sort of a general call went out, uh, and there was approval from various health organizations saying, in a pinch, excuse me, in a pinch, if you can't get a, a surgical or a medical grade mask or a face shield, a cloth mask will do, even a, a double layer of, you know, I actually happen to have just because I'm going to do, but you know, double layer of a bandana in a real pinch. And I thought, wow, really, we're asking our frontline healthcare workers to grab a bandana to keep themselves safe and or um, diminish the, the potential spread of germs. I thought, that's, that's not right. <laughs> So um, I thought, well, I can do this. You know, I have a, a sewing machine moldering in the garage and um, I took a lot of home ec classes as a kid. You'll have to, younger people will have to Google that, but I'm old enough and Maria may remember as well that they actually offered that, those courses in school. Um, anyway, so I started sewing and I had a tiny little bit of, I had a few little pieces of fabric in my box because I'm a borderline hoarder and I don't throw a lot of things away. Um, <laughs> And then, and then elastic became impossible to get because there was this huge rush on it. Um, and I, so I put out a call and friends were giving me, you know, ends of yardage that they had stashed away. Um, I took somebody, a table, cute cotton tablecloth that, that I turned into some really cute red and white checkered masks. And um, people started asking me, do you have Hawaiian or tropical print? I said, if you have a shirt, I can cut up. And so they would give me grandma's old muumuu or, you know, Jimmy's old Hawaiian shirt, and I cut those up and put lining in them and, and turned them into masks. And, and then the, the raw material supply started to catch up with the demand. And um, I had some lovely friends in our, our unicorn group, Maria, who, um, who underwrote, I put out a call for Elastic and uh, a lovely man in, the, in our neighborhood got me some to get me started, but then this, they sent me a thousand yards of Elastic, which was, I was overwhelmed by the wow. generosity. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah, anyway, um, and so now I've been able to catch up and get fabric, and I have, um, so I've been making masks, so I've been making lots and lots of masks, and, um, and then, it, and then our, our local police department put out a call for uh, cloth masks, donations from the community, or masks of any type, type but they would accept um, cloth masks as well, just for distribution in the community, and so they've held three uh, community mask donations where people can, you know, drive up and you can get up to four for your family. And that's only limited by their supply. And so I've done, I've made and donated um, about 150 masks just 
to our local police department. And then I started just providing them to friends and family. And in the last couple of weeks, I've switched to actually charging a nominal um, fee. Um, I'm still underwriting all of the costs of the fabric and, and all the supplies because I can, and I've turned this into a kind of a passion project. Keeps me busy. I believe in the efficacy of, of masks. Um, I would like for this to get beyond any sort of political statement because it, in my mind, it's a public health statement, but we'll leave that there. Yes. Um, but I've, uh, I'm up to, I'm, I've now made and distributed in the community over 400, I think I'm at 411. And um, I have lots wow. of- Wow, that's amazing. I have, a, I have a personal goal of at least 500, but I'm, I'm so close that I may up that. I have miles of fabric and, um, and so anyway, now I'm, I'm charging a nominal amount and I'm, I'm pass, I will pass through the, everything I collect and I'm dividing 50% of, of what I collect to a local um, food bank uh, here in my community and the other half to an animal shelter here in Silicon Valley. So I'm doing, I'm collecting the, the money, I'm stockpiling, I've, I've raised over, I think I'm at about $350 that I've raised total. So I'm, I'm and, and going and counting and I'll, I will, you know, split that between those two agencies here in the next couple That's of weeks. That's incredible, Shannon. I'm so proud of you. And oh, thank I mean, you. the masks are beautiful quality. I can attest to that. I own two of them now. <laughs> Um, Shannon, if any listeners are interested, um, can I put your email in the show notes uh, over on my Fabulous Broads blog, and then they can contact you if, how much are you charging per mask? Sure. I, thank you, Marie. I'd be happy to have you share that information, and okay. I'm, char I'm charging $5 a mask, which, um, that, I'm charging $5 a mask, and uh, all of my masks are are a double la two two layers. It's 100% cotton fabric, and they have elastic, um, you know, ear ear bands. Um, I have two adult sizes, kind of a standard regular size, and I have a larger size, which is better for, especially for guys who have like a really full beard or a long right. beard. It, it it gives you a little more coverage down under your chin, or if you have kind of a, a big head or a wider face, then I have the extra large. I have the regular, and then I I can do. Um, I have a kid's size, and then I have sort of a, I'm calling it a petite, which is probably good for like petite women, um, teens, um, older older kids, maybe, you know, adolescent age that are a little bit bigger than the kids. The kids' sizes are sort of like five to nine or 10 years old, and then I have a medium size for kind of in between, and then we jump up to adult. So Okay, and then when they email you, you can discuss shipping costs and all that for them if they're not local and... Yeah, ex exactly. I they're five dollars each. I do pass along the uh, the shipping charge to you. There, yeah, it's ru that's running anywhere from three to five dollars, depending on it's it's completely by weight. For two or three or four masks, it's usually about three or four dollars shipping. To yeah. I just I just I sent I sent about yesterday. I sent a batch up to Idaho to a friend of a friend, and another batch to a mutual friend um, in Texas. Uh, I have some in Chicago. Um, they're sort of all over California. I'm trying to think where else they are, but they're, they're getting out. I love that. I think that's amazing. Shannon, thank you so much for joining me today. You are truly a fabulous broad. Well, right back at you, Maria. And uh, again, I'm honored to be part of the, the kickoff of your new enterprise, which you have the golden touch. So I'm sure this is going to be a fabulous success. 
Oh, I love you, my friend. You know what? I think that women in their 50s and beyond have so many fun stories and so many great experiences. And I look forward to interviewing more women like you who are fabulous inside and out. And um, thank you again for being a guest today. You can find more information on Shannon on my website, fabulousbroads.com. We're going to be, um, I'm going to be posting a blog post on that and hit the subscribe button so you don't miss any episodes every Wednesday. Um, and stay fabulous. Thanks, Shannon. Thank you for joining me on my very first interview with Shannon Green. I look forward to interviewing more fabulous broads for all of you to listen to their stories. You can find more information at fabulousbroads.com and you can find me on social media at fabulousbroads on Instagram and Facebook. Stay fabulous, ladies.